God gave the gift of song so that we could praise his holy name. Every other singing, I think, is a little less so of what it was all for. I mean, we sing about lots of things, but boy, we sing because Christ was born in Bethlehem. Song surrounds this event, doesn't it, in the scripture? In Luke, I love Luke's account, Luke 1 and 2, there are four great songs that we still sing and have been written to music and, and you know, you just go bask in what they sang, Zechariah and Mary and Elizabeth and the angels and Simeon. I had a lot of songs around his birth. He came and he's coming again. Welcome to Abide in the Word with Pastor Scott Gilchrist. Today we continue our Christmas holiday series celebrating the birth of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Pastor Scott brings a message titled, Seven Ornaments. We invite you to follow along with us now as we get started. His name shall be called Emmanuel, God with us. Matthew 1 The angel is speaking directly, the messenger of God, to Joseph. Verse 22, now all this took place, that what was spoken by the Lord through the prophet might be fulfilled, saying, Behold, the virgin shall be with child, and shall bear a son, And they shall call his name Emmanuel, which translated means God with us. It's not just a hospital in Portland. I was born there. So was my wife, probably half of you were born at Emmanuel. But I'll tell you, every time I see that big sign, Emmanuel, it reminds me, wherever the name of Jesus has gone, wherever the proclamation of Jesus has gone, you find it's no coincidence that it's called Emmanuel Hospital. Good Samaritan. Providence. No, it's a beautiful thing to think of what the good news of a great joy, the fruit that it bears. Behold, the virgin shall be with child. Miraculous intervention by God. Uh, Foretold, as I said, prophesied, pre-stated, and written 750 years, roughly, B.C., before Christ. We date our calendars by this one, miraculous in every way. You know, every birth is. I had the privilege of being present and watching five, our kids. And the doctor, he uh, actually, he made it for the first one. He actually made it for the second one. But he's delivered thousands of babies. And he'd get there just in time to get his paycheck. You know what I mean? (laughs) Everybody else did all the work. No, I was so happy when he would show up. And actually, he showed up, and our kids were spread over 11 years. And he showed up for all five, and it was a new record at the hospital. They wrote him up in the hospital letter way back then that the same doc got there. 
But I remember every time, I don't care how many times he'd seen it, I was blown away. And you know, so was he. I would say, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallel. Praise. Yah. Yahweh. Praise the Lord. And I couldn't, I couldn't keep it to myself. Praise the Lord. And he would warmly assent. Every birth is miraculous. But this birth, a virgin shall be with child. Both Joseph and Mary needed help with that. And I know you might be here saying, how could that be? With God, all things are possible. And if you're there to Matthew, just look back, verse 18, and watch Joseph's response. Now the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph before they came together, she was found to be with child by the Holy Spirit, we're told. But Joseph, her husband, verse 19, being a righteous man, and not wanting to disgrace her, desired to put her away secretly. But when he considered this, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for that which has been conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. And she will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, Yahshua. For he will save his people from their sins. Yahweh saves. Now this took place, that what was spoken by the Lord through the prophet might be fulfilled, saying, Behold, the virgin shall be with child, and they'll call his name Emmanuel, which translated means God with us. And when Gabriel announced this same news to Mary. She said, how can this be? I've not known a man. The Holy One will overshadow you. The Most High, the Spirit of the Most High will overshadow you. And for this reason, that which has been conceived in you will be called the Son of God. And Mary said, be it done to me as you've said. No, it's miraculous in every way. God entered the human race. He became a man. It was foretold. That's miraculous. Try uh, The birth itself is miraculous. But try foretelling something six, seven years out, so six or seven centuries out. I did the math. 2022 plus 750. Oh, yeah, in the year 2772, we're completely incapable of that, but God isn't. I am the Lord, there's none other. I can tell you the end from the beginning. And he began to prophesy his son, this Redeemer, this Messiah, would come. And, of course, this wasn't the first prophecy. There were many, many others. But... uh, This is miraculous. The God who created you, 
who created me, who created the heavens and the earth, intervened and became man. The Word, who from all eternity, in the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. The Word was God. And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. The God who spoke and the world stood fast, the psalmist says. That God, the only God, that God became man. And it was and is miraculous in every way. Uh, don't get over it. Don't let the familiarity of what we just sang in any way lose its awe-inspiring truth in your heart and in my heart. Last Sunday, I was standing over here talking with people after the service, and uh, a gal came up to me and waited patiently, and then when I turned to her, she said, and she told me her story. She's a pediatrician, a medical doctor. She said, I was very religious. I went to church all the time. I did whatever my church told me to do. I did it, and I did it well, and I was finding no peace. And I felt further from the Lord as I did all this religious stuff. Finally, she said, I decided to read the Bible. And she literally said, I, I dusted it off. It had been buried in all the other books, my religious books. And she read the Bible, and she wanted me to hear her story. And I said, I want, oh, thank you for sharing this story. Three times she said, it was miraculous. As a medical doctor, she read the stories. She read the Bible and she got to, she said, blind Bartimaeus. And she quoted that passage in John 9 when the man who was born blind, Jesus healed. And the scripture says, Never since the beginning of time has it been heard of a person born blind being healed. And the pediatrician said, that's still true. Congenital blindness. And she said, when I saw that, it was as if, and she said, the scales came off. I was Bartimaeus. The scales came off my eyes. And I rejoiced with her. And she said, he is God. No, this is miraculous. And she repeated it three times during her story. And I said, oh, you should write that down. And I called her and said, can I share that? She said, sure, you can share that. It was so joyous to hear her say, I tell you, don't get over it. It's miraculous. God would care for us. God would intervene, and God is God. He can, and he did. Don't get over it. I want to just kind of gather our thoughts this morning around basically seven truths, or 
I was going to say seven pegs to kind of just hang our thoughts on. And then I said, no, seven ornaments. <laughs> I, uh, my wife loves the ornaments, and she loves the tree, and they mean a lot. She remembers how she got this one and that one, and, and I just stay out of it because I just hang them on there, and I do it wrong. But, but she, they mean a lot to her. Uh, my grandkids, we had them over last night, and they have their favorite. They have two favorites now. The one where you just push a button and Linus reads Luke 2. The old Peanuts guy, you know. There was today in the city of David, there will be born for you a Savior. They love that one. And then I didn't realize we've got another one now, and you crank it up. And they were over there last night. All night I heard, Hark the Herald Angels Sing, sung by Charlie Brown and Linus and the rest of them, you know. They, they like that one. They love them. I, my favorite, actually, and I've told you before, I don't know where we got it. I've had it for, we've had it for years. It's always on the tree. Joy. Joy in glass just hanging there. Joy. Because it personifies or it captures to me what we're talking about. Joy. Rejoice. I've got good news of a great joy. Well, anyway... I want to just think about seven, and you could even imagine if you want to, seven ornaments like that that just say, sing. That's the first one. That's the only one, by the way, with an exclamation point. Sing. Light. Love. No fear. Peace. Joy. Glory. In a world that is full of anger and despair and depression. Sing, we're told. And we do. We sing. We sing for joy in a world that is dark indeed. Light. Light. In a world of bitterness and brokenness and enmity and strife and estrangements, love, love. No fear, perfect love casts out fear, no fear. That's the only one of my ornaments with two words, by the way. Peace. In a world that knows almost nothing of peace, whether you think internationally or internally, we celebrate peace in a world of decay and destruction, joy, glory. Let's take a look at it. Sing, sing, first one. Christians sing, don't we? Uniquely, God gave the gift of song so that we could praise his holy name. Every other singing, I think, is a little less so of what it was all for. I mean, we sing about lots of things, but boy, we sing because Christ was born in Bethlehem. Song surrounds this event, doesn't it, in the Scripture? In Luke, I love Luke's account, Luke 1 and 2, there are four great songs that we still sing and have been written to music, and, and you know, you just go bask in what they sang, Zechariah and Mary and Elizabeth and 
the angels, and Simeon. I had a lot of songs around his birth. He came, and he's coming again. And I turned in my Bible to Revelation, the end, because you see God tells the story. And the Old Testament prophets said he's coming. And they spoke of both his coming to suffer and his coming to glory. And we live between those two comings. He's coming back just as sure as he came to die for you and me and to rise again on our behalf. He's coming again. And the book of Revelation, John gets whisked up to heaven in chapter 4 and 5. And he hears the songs, doesn't he? And there's five of them just there in that little six, eight inches of text. First, the four living creatures sing, holy, holy, holy. And then they're joined by the 24 elders, probably emblematic of the whole church. You are worthy because you created us. You created us because you wanted to. It was your good pleasure. You created everything. We worship him. And then the harps join in. It's like it starts with a quartet, you know, and then it gets bigger. And then the harps come in, and he is praised in verse 9 of chapter 5 for being not merely our creator, but our redeemer. And then myriads, tens of thousands of tens of thousands, millions of angels join in. And there's this burst of praise. And finally, the fifth song I read at the end of chapter 5, every created thing in heaven and on earth praises the Lord. We sing. And you go to the end of the revelation, and what do you find? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. In chapter 19, when Jesus Christ returns, this great song of hallelujah, we often say the hallelujah what? Chorus. And we call Handel the author. He wrote it right off of John's words. It's not Handel's hallelujah chorus, really. It's not John's, really. John just saw and heard, and I read in Revelation 19. These are the very words of God. Verse 9, hallelujah, praise the Lord. His judgments are righteous and true. Now, right now, the Bible says, Romans 8, that creation is groaning, awaiting when Jesus Christ returns to set things right. And maybe you've wondered because these wonderful promises, and I, I've read so many beautiful cards this season already, and already there have been, and you, I'm sure you have some already that say the very songs we've sang. His name shall be called Wonderful Counselor. His name will be called Mighty God, Prince of Peace, Everlasting Father. His name shall be called Emmanuel. And yet, it says the government will rest on his shoulder and there will be peace on her. And you look around and you, you might have wondered, what's gone wrong? No, the creation, the Bible says, is groaning, awaiting him coming again. He's coming again. And our same prophet, I've been quoting from Isaiah 7, Isaiah 9, 
Isaiah 55, when he comes again, the trees of the field will clap their hands, it says. In Isaiah 49, shout for joy, O heavens. Rejoice, O earth. Break forth into joyful singing, O mountains, for the Lord has comforted his people, and he will have compassion on his afflicted. Maybe you're feeling afflicted. Maybe you're down. Let me tell you, the Lord came and he's coming back and he's available to you to cry out to. And you can, the scales can fall from your eyes and you can know his compassion, his comfort, his joy. And we sing, we Christians, we just sing. That's all there is to it. I heard it last night with a little wind-up ornament. Hark the herald angels sing. Charles Wesley wrote that. And it's full. And most of the Christmas music is, by the way, just full of good truth, theology, the study of God and who he is. Hark the herald angels sing. Veiled in flesh, the Godhead see. Hail the incarnate deity, the enfleshment of God. God with us, God for us. Hark the herald angels sing, glory to the newborn king. What child is this, we sing? What child is this? This, this is Christ the king. This is Christ the king whom shepherds guard and angels sing. No, sing, but I better look at the next ornament. <laughs> Light. Light. People sitting in darkness. I read, you can turn over to Matthew 4, and I will read the full text from Isaiah. Matthew, under the inspiration of the Spirit, quotes from Isaiah 9. And this text that says, A child will be born to us, a son will be given to us, his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Eternal Father, Prince of Peace. This chapter begins this way, Isaiah 9. There will be no more gloom for her who is in anguish. In earlier times, he treated the land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali with contempt. But later on, he shall make it glorious by the way of the sea on the other side of Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles. The people who walk in darkness will see a great light from anguish to gladness. You've been listening to Abide in the Word with Pastor Scott Gilchrist. Please stay with us. Pastor Scott will return in just a moment with a preview of our next broadcast. Today's program was titled, Seven Ornaments, the first of our Christmas holiday series. If you missed a portion of the message heard on the program today, or you'd like to share it with a friend, head on over to AbideInTheWord.us. A free copy of today's entire message is available there for you to stream or download at your convenience. If you don't have a church home in the area, we'd like to invite you to join us for our special Christmas Eve candlelight services. Join us on Sunday, December 24th at either 3 or 5 o'clock in the evening for a great time of worship, Christmas music, our kids' choir, and a special Christmas message. It's such a wonderful time of year in celebrating our Savior's birth, and we'd like to share it with you. If you'd like more details, just browse to our website at swbible.org. 
We hope to see you there. If you've ever wanted Pastor Scott's sermon library in the palm of your hand, we have a new app available called the Abide app. It's available in both the Apple App Store and the Google Play Store. Along with the sermon library, you'll also find Scott's written publications, biblical seminars on a variety of subjects, daily devotional videos, this radio program, and the Abide Method, a monthly Bible reading and writing plan developed by Scott to give you the opportunity to read and write out Scripture. These resources all come free within the app, so if you're looking to deepen your relationship with Christ, please consider downloading the Abide app in either the Apple or Google App Stores. Now, before we end our time today, let's go to Pastor Scott for a preview of our next broadcast. You know, in Galatians, we've been studying Galatians, and he said, in the fullness of time, as he swept through history, looking at the Old Testament and God's plan of redemption, in the fullness of time, God sent forth his son. I'm quoting Galatians 4, verse 4. In the fullness of time, at the right time, just when he had planned it, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law, that he might redeem us from the curse of the law, that we might receive the adoption as sons. He gave us his spirit so that we can say, Abba, Father, we can have intimate fellowship with him. He sent his son, his only son. God so loved that he sent, that he gave his son. Join us again next time as we continue celebrating the Christmas holiday. Pastor Scott will bring part two of a message titled, Seven Ornaments. Until then, may the grace of the Lord Jesus be with you.